0: Hello, you're watching The Final Whistle with me, Kenzie Banali.
1: And me, Steve Forbes.
0: Well, it finishes 2-1 here at St Mary's Stadium after Azahar 92nd-minute winner. You can probably still hear the last of the Crystal Palace fans leaving the stadium behind us. A very disappointing end to the match. Uh, let's bring in our two guests, Dean Hammond and Joe Prince, right now to discuss that one. Joe, we'll come to you first. Uh, heartbreak at the end there.
2: It was, Kenzie. I thought, you know, a draw was maybe a fair result. Maybe Crystal Palace did probably edge it over the course of the 90 minutes, but it was just a bit of individual brilliance from Zahar to turn Jan Bednarak and then smash it in off the post uh, down low. It was a great strike, uh, but there really wasn't too much in that game overall. I think Saints scoring early in a weird way. Once again, it kind of just knocked them out of their stride a little bit. I think um, Palace created a lot of good chances it looked like it was going to be another off day in front of goal for them but getting that goal the equalizer in the 60th minute was was key i think for palace just to give them belief and then yeah their bench was pretty stacked with elise and Zaha to come on and just add that extra bit of quality and attack that they were missing so um yeah a bit of a sickener there for southampton and um just hoping the final weeks of the season they can pick up a few more points and, and push a bit further but that was uh Yeah, just a bit hard to take, I think, today, uh, that result and um, just just the way it happened at the end. But uh, Zahar's a quality player and he can do that. He has that in his locker.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we will speak about that in more depth in just a moment's time. But obviously, Crystal Palace now move ahead of us in the table. They've got a game in hand as well. Uh, Dean, what did you make of today's performance?
3: Yeah, just repeat what what Joe says, really. It was a a frustrating afternoon. There wasn't much in the game, I I didn't think. Uh, The early goal for, for Southampton, I thought that would uh, spur the team on, breed some um, some added confidence um, within the group, and it, it kind of t- not deflated Southampton, but you know they probably had the better of the first half in terms of possession, but Crystal Palace probably had better chances. I thought both teams were were kind of good up to uh, the final third, and then the end quality kind of let them both down. Um, both teams, I think, lacked that little bit of spark and creativity today uh, to really open up. Um, either defence, um, and just frustration to lose the game um, like they did in the, in the 90th minute. Brilliant way for, for Crystal Palace to win in, win the game. Um, we mentioned before the show, you know, uh, Wilfred Zaha has that ability. He is a special player when he wants to be. Um, and it's a great first touch to hold Bender out, a good turn and a good strike um, and worthy of winning a game, but just disappointment for for Southampton, we'll go into, into more detail, but I think it could have been prevent- prevented. Uh, both goals, I think, it's just um, a couple of individual errors. That, that small detail at the highest level, which can can cost you really. Uh, but yeah, Southampton were good to a point, but just didn't really create anything today. Um, but I agree with you. I think a, a point would have been a, a fair result. So. Um, I'm sure that dressing will be a little bit low today, but just frustration because there was probably an opportunity there for, for Southampton to win the game after such a really good start.
1: Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent.
4: The players have just come out, out on the left-hand side again. and it comes from Ward-Prowse and heads go up and Saints have the lead and Oriol Romeo... Scores with his head at St Mary's. Schlupp will cross from the left. It's dangerous and Gallagher should have equalised. Here comes the corner from Palace from the left. a low one into the near post and headed by you Punched away by Forster and then caught by Forster as another header loops in from distance. Featuring in a lot of games. Now, ball across from you Got to be 1-1 surely. Schlupp tries to shoot. That's blocked and then whacked away by Bednarek who blocked the shot. But Saints are living on the edge here at St Mary's and Palace can come again. Are you down the right? On the overlap is Klein. Plays it to the byline, pulls it back to the back post. Eze with the shot. 1-1. Underneath Forster. Kept it low. First time shot. Long throw from Salisu into the penalty area. Turned on by Redmond and volleyed over the bar by Stuart Armstrong and Romeo, Romeo to his right, finds Armstrong, decides to hit it first time, he could have taken a touch, he should have taken a touch. Here's MacArthur, looks up, interfeet to Zahar. edge of the box in the D, turns, shoots off the post, I said Zaha danger has done it again against Southampton to surely win it for Palace in stoppage time. That's it, Palace win their fourth away game of the campaign, they go above Southampton in the table.
1: Now, Joe, we spoke lots before the game about Oriol Romeo's role in both of last weekend's uh, goals against Brighton. And then he pops up today with a with a goal and it was a not bad header. Really good header.
2: And he's had a few opportunities recently. I think Burnley had a couple of headers from corners, very close range, but just missed out on those. But really good finish. Um I think maybe no disrespect to him, but maybe other teams aren't really marking him as closely as they should from set-piece situations because he hasn't been as prolific over the years with scoring goals. But yeah, great, great ball in from Prowse, obviously, as set-pieces continue to boggle the mind of how precise he is, not just scoring free kicks, but his delivery from corners. And Saints are right up there with their percentage of goals from set-pieces over their total goals this season. So that is so important um, so far, this campaign. And Romeo, yeah, just a really good header, wasn't it? Uh, They gave him a half a yard and in off the bar. And uh, as Dean mentioned, it looked like being a perfect start and that would give Saints more confidence. But the goal almost seemed to have a bit of the opposite impact. It was almost like Saints uh, took their foot off the gas a little bit and it just sparked Crystal Palace into life. But uh, yeah, great finish from Romeo, and uh, he, he was obviously delighted with it.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, Dean, what did you make of his overall contribution and performance today?
3: Yeah, I thought he was he was solid, I think he had a a decent performance. Um the way he retains the ball um is always impressive. He does the basics very very well. Um it's a fantastic goal for him. The way he adjusts his, his feet uh to win the header, the power he gets on the header um is very very good. Um and like Joe mentioned, he does get into good positions uh, at times in games um, Joe mentioned it, the two headers at Burnley, and they came from a set piece and a, and a late run into the box. So he has that ability to to score goals. Um, but yeah, look, Ori a really important part of this team. He reads the game so well. Um, one of the best midfield players, in my opinion, in the Premier League for what he does as a holding midfielder. Um, and like I said, I thought Southampton, up to the final third, were pretty good today. Um, and he played a major part in that in terms of making the ball tick over, keep possession, bring the better players in into the game. Um, I thought there was going to be a moment in the second half when Nathan Redman and I think it was Stuart Armstrong combined and then it came to Mount on the edge of the box. He laid Proust in Prowse He just kind of um, pulled the shot. I thought it was going to be a repeat of, of last week. So, Oreo is a one of the better performers today, I think. Um, but, yeah, um, it's just that frustration, really, because I think there was an opportunity there for for Southampton I really do today to to kind of finish the season strong after a really good second half performance last week but Oire Romeo and, and James Wall prowse I mentioned it before the show if they play well Southampton seem to play well so they're so important to this team
1: As they grabbed the equaliser for Palace in the second half Joe assisted by former Saint Nathaniel Klein too do, do you feel that Palace deserved to get back into the game at that point steve at that point it felt like saints just maybe weathered the storm early
2: in the second half and late in the first half and palace had quite a few chances so it kind of came out of nothing wasn't it It was the ball that was up to shea adams i think he could have done a bit better to hold the ball up but kind of lost possession and then palace worked it out gallagher out to the right and then it was a, a really good cross it looked like the ball had been overplayed to him uh just dug it out and put it in a good area towards the back stick and then yeah, Eze, he's obviously been out injured for a long time, just getting back to his best. Struck it low, put it on target. And I think Fraser Forster, when he looked back at it, probably a bit disappointed that he didn't keep that one out. Um, wasn't a venomous hit from Eze by any stretch of the imagination. He just got it on target, but he just squeezed under Fraser. And um, yeah, I don't think I, think, I think Saints fans generally couldn't have had any complaints that it was level at that point, because Palace had been building some pressure before half time, and then at the start of the second half, but I just feel like if Saints could have seen out that five minutes around the sixty-minute mark, and then the players were coming off the bench, it would have made a huge difference, and they could, probably could have held on and saw out the victory. So, uh, yeah, that that goal, Steve, came at a crucial time for Crystal Palace.
0: Well, Dean, let's talk about the the late heartbreak, shall we? Because as we mentioned at the top of the show, it was of course Zaha that netted from the edge of the box to make it two-one. Just how disappointing is it to lose that late on?
3: Yeah, I think when you get to that that stage, Kenzie, I think as, as a player, you, you tend to understand that maybe a point is a, is a good result at, at that moment when it gets to the 90th minute. You kind of get a feeling for a game when, you, when you're when you in it. Um, you're always trying to be positive and always trying to win the game. But sometimes when you realise when you're in the game the performance is not quite there, you haven't really created anything, you don't really look like scoring, um, it's taking that responsibility. Maybe the senior players to think, that let's not lose the game. Let's kind of keep us shape. Let's remain um, solid and and see the game out. Take the point and, and move on. and And that's what I mean about that the small detail. If you look at it, Southampton probably for the majority of the game kind of played on the counter attack, and the shape defensively was pretty good. There wasn't many gaps for for Crystal Palace to to play through. But when it went one all, Southampton kind of opened up a little bit. Um, Stuart Armstrong came on, Brozier came on, and they had a, more than an effect in terms of Southampton creating opportunities and, and half chances. So an attacking point was good, but the game became a little bit stretched. Um, and right towards the end, Brozier kind of tried to go to huge, loses the tackle, and the 2 sentiment field is a split. And, and one, I think is James Will Kraus maybe comes across the closer ball, and Oro kind of needs to come across a little bit more. It's a 90th minute. The legs are tired. I, I can understand it. But in that moment, just force the ball wide. Don't let it go into the striker and give them an opportunity to... De- hold the ball into feet and like Zaha did turn and get a shot away. So it's the small detail, but I think just in that moment, building up the five minutes before that, just keep your shape, understand the, the situation of the game collectively and just say, right, let's see this out and, and take the point. But that will come with this team. They're a young team and it will definitely come and all these moments and experiences that are having, it's good learning for them. So it's, it's whether
1: you learn from them, that's the next step. Shane Long started up front for Southampton today and he proved to be a real thorn in the side of the Palace defence. He he was a nuisance, he drew fouls, he forced errors, he dispossessed them. What did you make of his performance today, Joe?
2: Really good. Just the typical Shane Long performance. I think we've all seen him give that performance pretty much every time he stepped on the pitch. He he never stops running, always makes it difficult for defenders. And he set the tone early on, uh, even before the goal, Saints were well on top. Uh, he was pressing from the front. The, the other attacking midfielders, Teller and Redmond, were following, buzzing around, picking up on the scraps that Palace were were leaving because Shane Long was causing so many issues. So you can understand why he's been starting in recent weeks because he's having a real impact. Um, and it's just, I think, in, in at the full 90 minutes of a game, I think with Shane Long and Teller and Redmond, you just wanted those guys to to be on the ball more and Saints to get them the ball more. And that just wasn't happening the longer the game went on. So you felt a bit sorry for Shane Long in particular and Shea Adams a little bit. They were just a little bit isolated, I felt. But uh, when the ball was around him, he was running, running down the channels, chasing lost causes. It was a bit unlucky. He got clipped, I think, in the first half by Joel Ward and didn't even get a free kick for that. But uh, he took a lot of knocks today, Shane Long, in the typical workman-like display. Um, and I just wish that, that the ball would have fell to him and those other attacking players a bit more, because there was a lot of selfless running. They just went through a lot of hard yards today for not really a lot of return.
0: Dean, let's talk Roman Pero. He was the only change in the starting eleven today. How did he perform for you?
3: Fine, Kenzie. I think you know Pero has that ability to to be that attacking attacking threat. He's very very fit, um, but. Didn't really have the opportunities to to show that today. Um, uh, defensively, very very good. Defensively sound. Um, he made one really good recovery run and tackle against Elise late on in the in the second half, where Elise is looking to get it back onto his left foot. Um, so you know he did fine. He did fine, and I think um for coming back into the team pero is one of those players you're always going to get a seven out of ten for him and it's anything above i think he never drops below that seven he's very very consistent he's really really reliable and i'm sure that the manager um values that in him because that is a valuable trait to have as a player that you're always going to give um a seven out of ten and anything above it is a bonus so he did fine today um, but the frustration would be that he didn't have those opportunities to to get in those attacking situations because I think he's really improving on that. Um, and his own belief in those situations are improving as well. So but he did he's another player that, that did fine. Like most of the Southampton players today, they they did fine. They did well enough. It just I think it just lacked that little bit of spark and maybe that little bit of belief to to try and win the game today.
0: Well let's hear from Ralph Hasenhootel now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game.
5: Yeah missed a big chance today for making a big step forward had everything in our hand and then gave it away in a simple way, This is uh, simply uh, very disappointing.
1: Is it that opportunity to break into the top half of the table, is, is that what's most irritating for
5: you after the game? No, the irritating thing is that we are not able to defend the two situations that lead to a goal, because this was uh, one time an easy ball losing in the midfield, uh, what we spoke about in the half-time, what we want to do, that play forward not back or, or on the side, and then we, the second goal was uh, not that we have been exposed, we are eight main players behind the ball and still not able to, to, to block the shot around the box. Yeah, simply very, very disappointing.
1: Obviously a great start to the game going ahead, but in terms of the first half overall, how pleased were you with, with that part of the game?
5: Yeah, it doesn't help us, 45 minutes uh, playing well or being in the lead is not enough. But, uh, yeah, this is uh, what we we have to accept today.
1: Well, it's Brentford up next weekend. They're now in 14th as we slip down to 15th. Joe, what are your early thoughts ahead of that match?
2: They're a really even game, I think, Steve. If you just look at the table, obviously, level on points. Brentford have got Man United to play on Monday. Um, They're a very good team. They're in a very good moment as well. With Mboyamo, Tony and Eriksen in attack, just really linking up well. So, The the good thing is they don't draw a lot of games, Brentford. So they're kind of hit and miss when you look at them throughout the season. They'll go for it. They win a lot of games, especially at home. Been lucky enough to go to that stadium a few times this season. It's a great atmosphere. really reminds me of the old Dell at times, how close you are to the pitch and just the the great atmosphere they create. Um, So I think for Saints, it's trying to control possession a bit more. That's what I was a bit disappointed with today. There was no real control. It was similar to the Arsenal game, but they sat back and let Palace have a lot of the ball. I'd like to see them go away to Brentford and try and force the issue a little bit more and get on the front foot. Um, but as I said, it's very hit and miss with Brentford, kind of like Southampton as well. Uh, a little bit inconsistent. Uh, it'll be tough. It'll be a really tough game. But as we saw when Saints played Brentford earlier in the season, they came up pretty well against them in that big win at St. Mary's. So hopefully more of the same.
0: Well, Dean, you said we were lacking a bit of a spark today. How do we reignite that for when we take on Brentford?
3: Great question, Kenzie. I think if you look at the Brighton game, second half, um, it's it's that high-tempo press. I think Southampton, like I say, are always at their best when they're very good without the ball, uh, when they're pressing teams, and, and they're really brave and they take the game to the opposition. So I think go back to that. That can be uh, the start of it. And then that just that little bit of... A little bit more movement when an options for the player on the ball if he's got the ball he has not just has one option he has two or three options that could be an unselfish running behind for from a striker it could be a midfield player coming short to try and combine a little bit of variation um but look this is they did they were fine today they, what this was not a poor performance today it just lacked that that little bit of spark and, and a goal, a, br- a bit of brilliance from zahar at the end which like we say he can produce but you know, Brentford have been terrific this season, really impressive in the Premier League. But like Joe said, when we played them at St. Mary's, we, we beat them convincingly and showed that there was a bit of a, a golfing quality. So this Southampton team, young team, just keep believing in yourself, keep playing um, and they will be fine. But it would be good for them, I think, with that momentum going into next season to finish the season strong. And this is enough opportunity opportunity uh, to do that.
1: Good stuff. Well, Dean, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today on Saints Live and the final whistle. As we've said, late heartbreak for Southampton, losing 2-1 at home to Crystal Palace this afternoon. Next up is a trip to Brentford on Saturday the 7th of May. It's a 3pm kickoff for that one, so we'll have another Saints Live for you from 1.45. Try and enjoy the rest of your week, Saints fans, and we'll see you then.
0: Bye for now.